Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Career Conversations with Vumi Msweli. And today I've got the fire that is Uluyanda Duma. If you don't know who she is, she's an HR enthusiast. She's a talent management founder. She's an MC. She's the founder of Stripped by Uluyanda. She's a budding philanthropist running the Malusi Duma Foundation. She's an influencer. She's your home girl from Emlazi and literally one of my favorite people on social media. I I respect her so much. She is just, she makes me wish I was still in my 20s, literally. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, Luyanda Duma. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, I'm busy laughing as I'm hearing you speak. That was such a fire intro. I think it really speaks to the kind of energy that you and I have every time we engage. I'm super excited for this. <laughs> I'm excited too. So fun fact, a lot of you might not know this, but Luanda met me when she was still in varsity and I was speaking at a conference. So that shows you, hey, focus, focus. <laughs> the um, kind of girl that I am. You know? <laughs> so I'm going to kick off with a rapid fire question where Luanda, I'll ask you either or and you choose which is true for you. Okay. So okay. at least the audience gets to know you. So. Oh my word. Beach or bush? <laughs> Beach, bikini any day, like Android or Apple? Apple. Tea or coffee? I mean, coffee. Morning or night? Night. Sedan or SUV? Sedan. Wine or beer? Hmm, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> This is gonna be a tough I don't one. Don't drink either. Yeah, I don't drink either, but let's just go for wine. Okay. Uh, this is gonna be a tough one because you belong in both worlds. Entrepreneur okay. or corporate? Yo, this is a tough one. I mean, <laughs> entrepreneur, but I still want the corporate experience. <laughs> but entrepreneur any day. Yeah. Flats or heels? Heels, darling. <laughs> <laughs> seven colors on a Sunday or a bride? Mm, seven colors on a Sunday, definitely my vibe. Okay. Dinner, dead or alive, you can invite anybody. Who is coming and what are you serving? Mm. What? I've never thought of that. So, um, is it just one person? Unlimited. Unlimited. Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. I think if I had to host a dinner today, I am definitely having you. I'm having Noma. I am having my mom. I'm having my older sister. And I am serving traditional food. I'm here. So, <laughs> Istanbul. <laughs> I know a lot about you. So I know, you know, you came from Mlazi, you came through to Joburg, UJ, you did industrial psychology, you went through and you're like honors in, in HR. And even though uh, some people might find it surprising, you initially wanted to be 
and CIS, CIS vibes. Tell me about your career. I've done my research, hey? You're embarrassing me because I thought, what happened? <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your career journey. So I'm interested to know, you know, what, you know, every journey is like this. It is yeah. literally valleys and mountains. What are some of those great career peak moments and what are some of your pits? And I'm especially interested to know, coming from an HR enthusiast to now managing some of the top talents in the country, tell me the truth. Yes. <laughs> so I think it started off as, like you said, initially, guys, I really wanted to be um, working in pathology, working in forensics, but also this was purely based on like the things that I was watching then. I had been addicted to crime. And that's exactly what was, you know, fueling my fire in matric. So applied for, I think, genetics and some other degree at UJ, got conditionally accepted for that. And got to the next year and I'm supposed to go to Joburg and start my, my first day in varsity. I then stumbled across industrial psychology. Um, and I always say that as cliche that may sound, that degree chose me. I did not know from above so what industrial psychology was. I knew that I loved people. I knew that I had a calling of some sort to help and develop people, but I didn't really know how to do that. And I didn't know, you know how that would show up in my life. But I knew from a conversational perspective that a lot of people and my friends would come to me for advice, whether it be career or any issues that they you know, may have. So I always knew that that was always something that naturally I could do, right? And then um, industrial psychology, I remember the first class that I had was industrial psychology. And as the lecturer started speaking, I remember her, Dr. Furry, I was like, I am in the right place, right? So got introduced to HR, which um, we all know as a fire in higher career, I think growing up. But when I got in there, it was so complex. And I, I'm all about you know, entering spaces where I feel like one, I've got so much to learn, but also I've got the opportunity to redefine what that means for people, right? And kind of reintroduce, um, you know, whether it's careers or institutions or places that have or are seen in another light. So went straight into there, thrived in the in, in the career. I was a high performer in varsity. Um, and I decided to honor then in HR. This is when now I knew exactly what it was and how I was going to use it. So that happened. Then I thought that I would probably want to be an HR director of a big corporate firm. Uh, guys, things change, okay? And I think if there's anything that you need to learn that as you progress in your career, you know more, you learn more, you get exposed to more, your interests may begin to change, right? And that's okay, because I think it scares a lot of people because they want to hold on to that dream that they had when they were still in varsity. And I'm here to tell you that the more you're exposed, the more you get to know more and learn more, there's so much that you're going to encounter and allow yourself to dabble in those things because it will then ultimately help you craft and, you know, and build that career that you want for yourself. So during that, I finished my industrial psychology, honored, did my honors in HR. Straight after that, I started working. I think I was consulting in my final year of HR because I thought, how can I use this degree that I have currently to empower myself and also just set foot? Um, and, you know, you know, let me start dabbling in it so I can see if this is really something that is for me. During that, started consulting under a financial institution where I used to provide HR services. Um, I was consulting for the likes of pick and pay, but then 
and I had a whole lot of other small um, SMMEs, right? So from there, then decided to join Ibatu um, on a nine to five basis as an employee, consult, not consulting, now doing HR. Those of you who are non-South African, Ibatu is like one of the leading states yes. of practice. So it's literally if yes. you're thinking uh, Jordan starting out. That's what Batu is in the country. So it's a, it's a definitely place to even be able to get into. So that was incredible. Into right. So that was for me, boo, mind blowing. First peak, right? As somebody that was just consulting, had no idea how I was going to do this HR thing because I knew deep down that I don't want to go intern, then do the normal. Like I just needed a challenge, and I knew that. I might not get the challenge that I needed as early as that, you know, at that stage in my career. So getting into Batu where I can literally, I'm getting a blank canvas and they're saying, you have the skill, give us what we need or do what you need to do. And hence why it was so important for me to sign up for things like HR and DABA, to follow women like yourself, Bubi, so that I knew exactly the kind of information and value that I was going to add in the business. Because ultimately, what's very important when you walk into any organization or you partner, or you're an entrepreneur, or whatever it is that you do that has your name on it, my standard is excellence. My standard is value, right? So anything that I do, I need to constantly make sure that I add value. And I knew that I didn't have the experience, right? And I knew at some point, the organization would get to a point where it required just, more. Just so our listeners are aware, she's saying this, I didn't have the experience. You're thinking she's speaking as, as if she's in the same WhatsApp group as me in her, in her 30s. We are 10 years apart. Leander's only 25 people. I'm 35. Just so we are clear. So she's saying, I don't have the experience. Like, you're thinking, oh. So she has done a lot in 25 years. So just be cognizant of that. With Continue. no experience. <laughs> With minimal experience. But I knew what I wanted. And I knew that if I'm going to get this opportunity for me, let me make the most of it. And I think it's very important that I mention these things because people often think that careers or the right career or career that fulfills you is built off just getting that job in that big organization. But ultimately, it's the little things that you decide to do, the work that you decide to put in that makes your career what you want it to be. So that was my first peak. Went in there, gave it my all until it got to a point where I felt like I've got nothing more to offer and the place has nothing more to teach me. Not in a bad way. It was a very small company. We all we were doing the best that we could. But now we are on to 100 employees. And I knew that from a legal perspective, from an HR compliance perspective, there's so much more that the company then needed that I couldn't offer. And I also felt like I've exercised my basic skill in terms of HR. I also needed a challenge. And that is when you know the organization and I parted ways amicably. And I'm glad that it happened the way that it did. And because now I can still go back there and say, hey, now I've got this skill. This is something that you can, can use. I'm and then waiting for those yellow sneakers when they rebring them. So I can always go back to Theo um, and get some advice, get a work opportunity simply because I, I was able to end that off in a very good way. So also another tip um, as we are just chatting through my, my career is that never burn bridges. You know what I mean? They are going to come a time where you would have wanted to stay longer in a place, but it's no longer serving you or you no longer serving it. And it's okay to let go, right? And sometimes you need to let go at that very moment before things get, you know, 
really, really bad because I could have forced to stay and say, no, I can't do this. They've made mistakes that are going to cost the company. And now it's just going to create energy in Latinagal, you know? So moving from there, and I think when we look at the career, you know, downfalls or career, you know, pits or moments, for me, leaving that place was a pit because I think also I had been in that career for over a year and I think I had formed stability and that's the thing about a nine-to-five it will create that stability for you and as much as I can say that I always knew that the day would come I didn't know it was going to happen at that month and at that time when it happened so it was really shaking for me to say okay I hadn't planned for it to happen this year where to from here you know um I had other options of staying. Obviously, there was something that was brought within, but there was something that just stayed in my third move. Move, move, move. And I listened to that. I moved. I remember taking the month of November to kind of figure out what it is that I wanted to do. I had so much time in my hands. That's when I started my stationary, productivity stationary merch, which is called She Who Dreams, started doing planets. I just thought, let me use this time. It's already the end of the year to just, you know, refuel and think about what it is exactly that I wanted to do, right? And whilst doing that, because I've got so many natures, I've got so many whispers as well, people constantly, you know, when you have people that know you and vouch for you and can see the potential that you have, they will always whisper your next direction. So always make sure that you nurture those, you know, those relationships, but also you are aware of those voices. I know that when I have a conversation with Bumi, there's something affirming that she's going to say to me that might lead me to my next big thing, right? And because I've always allowed myself to be in spaces where I constantly learn, I always get to develop and challenge my strengths and weaknesses, right? So that's exactly what I dedicated that two months to. And until I got to a point where I now formally registered a talent management organization where I get to literally manage one of South Africa's top talent, um, which is quite exciting for me because in within the area... So Oleander will never unpack... Let me unpack. So yeah, yeah. I would. I can also Thursdays. Cause we know what time is time it is. Go put them down. I know cow. Hmm. The wife South Africa. Oh yeah, she's that girl. She is that girl. We like. I'm going to need some of the Zulu boys. She can make that happen. She can make that happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you've got the right money and you call me and you're nice, I will make it happen for you. <laughs> So um, that is quite exciting. And it's funny because, you know, I I remember when I was studying in HR and I did, I I chose talent um, management as one of my majors and my honors and I did research on it. I knew that this is something that I want. If I had to now work in a big corporate environment, succession planning, oh, wellness, talent development, that's the space that I wanted to end up in. And funny enough, I never envisioned myself managing talent or developing talent in the, you know, in the industry of entertainment. And that came, you know, at a moment where I felt so frustrated that I didn't know how to, because remember also, small companies don't have a budget and room for talent development at the early stages, right? Yeah. It's all about cleaning shop. Um, because obviously there were mistakes. Yes, there are many mistakes that have been done cleaning shop getting things right, right? 
So it was that. And even the companies that I used to consult for prior to IPA, to Trip, um, there are so many other companies that I've gotten the opportunity to consult for and train. Um, same thing as well. That's when I realized, Wuti, okay, I need to constantly work on myself until I get to a point where I'm able to then dabble in what it is that I'm really passionate about. So then the opportunity came where I was like, okay, Luanda, please manage so-and-so. And obviously I was scared, but I'm like, okay, let me do it. And another career peak for me was that right. I said, I got in touch. This is for me is a very big thing. And I say this to my coaches all the time. Courage is doing it afraid. So you saying in that moment, Uti, yes, I studied for this. I may have never had the experience, but I chose to do it anyway in Saba. You know that. Mm. And you know, you know, show. And there's a beautiful you know, I don't want to say it's an anthem, but it's a it's a war cry that we say. We have a sabana. And that for me is very profound. It's saying, Are you afraid? Are you afraid of them? No, we're not afraid. We want mm. it. Even in the face of fear, you must desire that fear and do it anyway. Mm. So, uh, yeah. I love that you mentioned that. I love that you mentioned that because, you know, especially when you're building a career outside of corporate or outside your nine to five, that's one of the key ingredients that you need, the courage to do things afraid because mm. There's nothing stable in the space, right? One minute you're doing this, one minute you're doing that, one minute this is working, the next is not. You don't have the luxury of something sustainable from the income to the concept. Everything just changes so quickly. You in today, tomorrow you're not. Just by one tweet or one mistake um, that any of my talents can do, it can cost my name, it can cost my business. So it's so important for you to be very one, courageous, but also very agile and flexible in your methods of work. You know, you might say, I want to do things like this, but if industry and standard is saying we are sailing west and no longer south, you must be able to say, okay, captain, let's switch the direction and go this way, right? And that's yeah, the thing about working that, that for me, That for me is... is very very important so you know we are i was born the 80s you were born in the 90s and i'm very this for me and i think this is why i've enjoyed so much exposure to a lot of you younger ladies Mm. um (laughs) for me in my life i've created a board of advisory and a personal career board that are mostly Mm. in their 50s so when i start talking to you guys i'm like you i must recalibrate this is a this is a new (laughs) landscape right of course and, and for me, I'm very curious to know from your perspective. You, you're a person who reads avidly. You consume personal development content like there's no tomorrow. Mm. Who have you surrounded yourself with? Because as one of my mentors said to me, Gumi, you build a plane while flying it. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. You're literally carving niches that didn't exist prior. Mm. You know, 10 years ago when I started my business, there was no career coaches. Now you look left, right, yeah. side of the But that was 10 mm. years ago. You guys are doing this in a space of two, three years. Where, mm. where what's an influence that didn't exist? Now there's influences. Now there's talent management. For, for a platform yeah. that didn't exist five years ago. Mm. Who, who do you have from a personal career advisory perspective? Do you have that? 
And what is sort of the best piece mm. of advice they've given you in a in, when you're facing something ongayas that that didn't exist mm. before? Uh, that's such an amazing question, and you know, like I could list right now people that I don't even know because. I not even know what's it, but I've never met and we've never had a conversation face to face, one on one. Mm. But because social media has allowed us to zone in into people's careers, and I'll say careers because you decide what you want to see or how you want to use social media. And for me, it's a business tool, right? I can never always sit down with a woman to have coffee and ask for advice, but I can tune into her live sessions that are speaking to areas of discomfort, areas of development, or if I just need a different thought. You know, thought piece. So it's so good that my board of advisory now does not only consist of people that I have access to that I can call, but it also consists of women that I aspire to become like or walk journeys that they have walked. So use social media wisely to learn um, from the people that are, are, are giving you that information and access and mentorship and coaching that you wouldn't have you wouldn't have had you not followed them. But also if you don't know them personally. So by following the right people, I've got so many women that I can mention on social media. If you want to know, you can go see everyone that I follow. But everyone that I follow, really, there's something that I learn from them in their different, you know, careers and in the different um, and, and areas of expertise. Secondly, the one person that I would call first when I panic, when I think of something is my brother. And the reason why I will call my brother specifically is because I know he's the one person that will constantly remind me, Ruti, listen, you're young. You can make these mistakes, go for it, you know? So by the time that I get to a Vumi, I get to a Sikhle, I get to a Norma and Nicolette, these are women that inspire me and women that coach me. And whenever I need to make a decision, I'll run it past them before I go to those people. Already, I'm already confident and I know for sure, Muti, this is what I want. And once I know for sure, I already have plans. So it's just a matter of saying, what are you thinking about me pivoting A, B, and C, but not coming to my to a mentor to say, hey, I want to start a company, but not knowing what kind of company I'm going to start, mm. how much money I need, who may they know that might get me to that person? You know what I mean? So it, it's first, you, it, it starts with you. Before you can even get advisory for somebody else, you need to be very clear and very sure about what it is that you want to trial. So I do that for myself. I speak to my brother. From there, I'll then look at the people that I have access to to say, who is the right person that could help me with this specifically? I know if it's HR, I know who to go to. I know if it's more entrepreneurship, I know who to go to. If it's more personal branding and the influencing side of things as well, I have somebody there as well. So always make sure that there are people that you are looking at for inspiration and direction in every area of your interest. I love that. Um, so we speak, you know, in the spaces we find ourselves, we've realized how important is what you're talking about, having people mm -hmm. support us, um, you know, having a space where we can recenter. And yeah. I know for me, one of the places I love to go to just, as, I'm, as my closer friends would say, this is my man. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, no one cares about Vumi, CEO, whatever. Zonke, Zashona Zifule, Zonke, it makes me come back to who I am at the core. And it's one of my favorite places in the world. 
What is your favorite place in the world? Oh, home. Home, home, home. And a big, like, you know, driving down, because it is so peaceful. And if you don't have that space where you go back and recuperate and that place that makes you forget about everything, even your own title and accomplishments that will tend to get into your head, because remember, it's what you've done right? It's mm-hmm. what you've acquired. It's your title. And you constantly have to show up as someone. It's either the influencer today, it's the talent manager tomorrow, it's the HR enthusiast. And it comes with a lot of pressure, right? Mm-hmm. So when I go home, it's none of that. Because as much as my, my parents will always make fun of me and say, I it's the best thing I go to celebrate. Because my mm-hmm. husband went down to her, ah, my mother wants a picture. How is she doing? So my parents don't really understand what this thing is, you know, social media and numbers and why do so many people know you? Hey, you know what I mean? So yeah, that must make you laugh. That must make you laugh. So I think one of the TV shows I did was on replay. Yeah. So mother phone And I'm like, oh wow, that will humble you so quickly. When you're just like, how are you doing? When are you coming home? I need my dishes. (laughs) And I love that so much because it will always bring you back to home. Like Master says, end up big song, the whole family. Yeah, sure. I would celebrate. Bonang now. You know, so, and I love that because you really need to be in that space. And the beauty of being at home gave me, I can network and a big. So I literally disconnect, even like, mm-hmm. so it's not only a mental thing, but you know, so it's a very peaceful place. And there's, I would like, I can't doubt that I'd rather be than be so at I home. Hey, man, I, I know from listeners in Nigeria mm-hmm. and Ghana and Kenya. So Leanne is basically saying that, you know, um, where we come from is called Guazulu Natal. And I'm sure you've heard of Shanga Zulu. And the word Zulu literally means the heavens. So she's saying yeah. when the moment she drives into Zululand, where we come from, there's not even network. And she comes from an area called Underberg. And there is no, they're like, oh, you, you little miss celebrity, you too. This just need to get done. <laughs> and it's about, you can't, what makes you relevant here in the spaces where this is important. Your performance, your mm. the title, how you show up is important. It all dissipates when you get home because yeah. you revert to that state of the essence of you. What makes you you? Um, mm. And I think, and I think for me, that usually happens as I drive out of the Orange Free State, which is a province, and you see "Welcome mm. to Zulu." You're just like, yeah. okay. <laughs> Nothing else. Stop Weave the lashes. I'm done. <laughs> everything. Literally everything. Nothing matters but just the people that you're surrounded by and the moments that you guys share. Mm. I love that. Talking about moments that we share, and I know you are you're one of my favorite people to follow purely because of the inspiration that you bring. I'm interested yeah. to know what are your top five best reads and why? Hmm. I know it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be cold, eh? Yeah. 
Yes, yes, yes. And then, guys, I read a lot. Hey, I read a lot. So ultimately, I read a lot of self-help books, right? And you'll see that many of our celebrities now are writing books, but Mina, it needs to have some sort of development for self. I, I can't read stories. Like, so you're not going to hear any of these in fiction. No, I read self-development books strictly because of who I am. I think I'm addicted to consuming things that, that are going to better me. I'm addicted to motivation. I'm addicted to constantly knowing that I can do more and other people also have that potential. And it's, you know, somewhat my job to bring that out of them. Hence why it's so, it's like, for me, showing up constantly as my higher self is something that is on top of my list because I know how that allows other people to feel liberated to know that they can do the same as well. So my cup constantly needs to be full. So if I can just think from the top of my head, 5am club, the beauty of that book is helped me build, yeah, Robin Sharma, helped me build healthy habits, right? It helped me come face to face with consistency and how uncomfortable building habits um, can like can be. Like waking up in the morning is hard, but once you do it consistently and you know and you can see the results of it, it becomes natural. And I'm, I'm not saying that I wake up at 5 a.m. I don't, I'm sleeping at that time. And it's not for me, 5 a.m. comes not about waking up at five but it's how it taught me to build those habits. So sometimes it's easy to guys, when you read like books, for instance, it's not about doing what is being said. It's applying it or taking that information and see how it can be relevant in your life and how you can use it in your life specifically. So that's one. Two, Brede Brown. Um, and I, I want to, I want to say all of them, it's a because she writes a lot about courage and shame. Yeah. Dare to lead. Um, there's dare to lead. Oh gosh, yo, yo, yo. And that one about the arena. I forgot um the name now, young put, but Brene Brown. Um, she speaks a lot, she writes a lot about courage, she speaks a lot about shame. Um, and I think if you're going to be in this space, or if you've decided to be a hyperproductive man or woman, um, and you're saying that you're not gonna sit and wait for things to come, you wanna be proactive and get things done, and that's how you wanna live your life. And you're going to need a lot of courage. You're going to face a lot of shame. And yeah, that's one. Um, the Year of Yes, Shonda Rhimes. Shonda. That one, Shonda Rhimes. That book literally, and I think I read it post-COVID um, when things were uh, starting to open up. What that book did for me, it allowed me to say yes to things that I know that are going to be good for me from career perspective, from personal development perspective because sometimes you know you can do something but you're too scared right imposter mm -hmm. syndrome so saying yes to things that you are scared of doing for a whole year now after a month or so which you're going to be comfortable with you know saying yes to things oh as it was okay yeah but you know that it's going to be good for you career or whatever else right so doing it afraid busi um, the book Busi and the Magna Carta, both books, business. If you're going to start a business, there are nice lessons that you can learn there. Um, and then lastly, hmm, let's say Mom Judith Lamin, she's got two books as well. Um, yo, those books are so good, guys. Those books are so good. I'm just trying to think of the name. 
different but equal, equal but different and then there's the yeah and then the uh, the recent one eng foods i keep it there's two of them please read those books and for her what she does that she has conversations with top africans africans that are doing big things how they did it how they are doing it and what advice they have for young people like myself and you watching and there's so much that you can learn then she's not only speaking to women she's speaking to men as well people from zimbabwe zambia nigeria south africa and i'm just work. saying this so a lot of people um you know it's interesting because i had a privilege of interviewing her for a project i that's that that shocked me that i'm still working on with a, a number of conversations mm. So for those of you who might not know Dr. Judy Damini is one of the wealthiest women in in Africa in South Africa yeah. and in Africa if you think for Rusha Alakijo for Africa that she is she's a South African equivalent so a very wealthy woman and I recall even in my own career she's someone who influenced my own career to the point where even me doing my PhD I was like come on don't Dr. Judy mm. and she was so close because you know she comes from our province so often we yeah, go in all the times of access of knowledge where you know me I'm a little, I'm a little older than you Luanda but yeah you know you had encyclopedias and you had stories of but money went to Meryl Hill and she's done you like yo money Masana I've got that Damien I've got their surnames when I grow up I want to mm. be like and for me that power and the ability that books do to bring the world to your doorstep I love and mm. I think what you so well is make that a reality for people who might not necessarily be crazy about books like i'm really yeah. i'm really i'm one of those persons who's so busy now that i don't have time to read but i've got time to listen mm. so mm. Put in i love that book. um i'm cleaning my house i'm mm. listening i'm driving i'm listening because i mm. get to re-immerse myself into the knowledge of others yeah which i think is powerful mm. you know Yeah, the other book before before I forget it's the other story and Ikopa difference. And the beauty of Ikopa difference is that um and I love the narrative of it and why she wrote that book is because we look at you look at myself, you look at Assis Bumi and you actually think there's so much that sets you apart. Like mm-hmm. as Fanny, we don't come from the same background, so in that way there's no way that I could end up where these ladies are, right? Mm-hmm. And ultimately speak about that Wuti Yes, you know, in our differences we are equal in our differences. There's still that level of I guess we share something that's common and basically what she's trying to say that there's nothing more special about a Luanda or a Vumi or a Judy until you unpack our stories of where we come from and why we do certain things because ultimately we are driven by, you know, the same values. It's just that they might show up in a different order in your life than it may in mine. and I always reiterate Lindia Shoghus when I had a live with him that says that the only thing that's different between you and I Luanda is how hard you're willing to work it's season as well what season of your life are you in and the more we embrace that the better but also it's not it's nothing which God was in my neighborhood and not Vusi's or vice versa but it's literally how hard you're willing to work season and time basically when it's your time things are going to happen for you and there's nothing a Luanda or a Vusi or Vumi can do to stop that i am here for that content i cannot think of a better way for us to wrap up our conversation so to end our conversation and i'm going to ask you to complete the following sentences i am a master at all right speaking yeah to people yes speaking um, what, life into people 
what I know for sure is that I'm going to be hella successful. Failure is an opportunity for me to try again, but also an opportunity for me to learn. Mm. My life's work is mm. purpose. Mm. Purpose. Knowing what I know now, I can make better decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> if you don't know better, hi guys, you don't do better. better. Why should my answer be I know better? I will do better. Now, so now not that you. I know more, I will do more. <laughs> last, I can do more and I can do better. Last and definitely not least, I am. I am beautiful. I am bold. I am smart i'm ready and i'm capable those are some of the informations that i wake up to every morning so that's who i am i could not end that on a better note ladies and gentlemen leander thank you for being on this podcast. thank you so much <laughs> i hope you've learned as much as i have from leander duma and i will see you at the next installment of career conversations with the new Sagan.